Welcome to the All Outdoors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Henry Doyle and Ryan Taylor, where we discuss all things related to outdoor and nature photography. In today's episode, we invite Sean Howell onto the show to discuss all things bird and wildlife photography, which he is very passionate about. I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Welcome back to episode 15 of the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. Um, and today we've got a very special guest. He's bird photographer, Sean Howell. Uh, we're going to be talking just all things bird today birding and photography, of course. Um, so yeah, we'll just take it away, Sean. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, I appreciate um, the invite, Ryan. Um, been watching, I think I've watched, I don't think I've missed an episode from you guys. So I'm um, definitely excited to be on it awesome. this, uh, this week. So um, uh, my name is Sean Hollowell, originally from Florida, lived most of my life in Indiana. And then for the past, um, uh, about six six or so years i've been uh, living in ohio um actually really close to where ryan lives about i think just a 10 minute drive um in the uh, small town of xenia so i've um, been doing bird photography for about five years now i want to say seriously for the past two two three years so um i love to do all sorts of wildlife but it's mainly definitely mainly birds so Always a, there's never a, never a dull moment. Always something to look out for. Yeah, I, I, awesome. I'd agree. Yeah, because it's, I mean, like, especially in Ohio, we have a lot of mammals and such, but it's like the birds. It's like, there's always something to see all year, which is really neat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can, there's so many places to see so many different wildflowers and butterflies and different kinds of mammals. I mean, we don't have the, I, don't, I wouldn't say we have the variety of like the Western uh, parts of the continent but we have a lot of goodies definitely for sure mm -hmm. yeah i mean we get mainly deer i would say that's like the big thing and then squirrels you know it's stuff that you see every day but you know it's like a bird i don't know but you i know with you it's like if you see a warbler it's like really exciting or just any of you know life bird or something and it's yeah you know, yeah, it's absolutely. Always, yeah it's just they're always something to see it's always something different too which is really neat mm -hmm. So how did you kind of choose birding and wildlife photography in general as your photographic genre? Um, it's, it's mainly, uh, I'd say it's just a kind of a getaway from, I mean, a lot of people use nature as just like a, almost like a therapy. So, and I've always, I've always um, been interested in animals and wildlife and conservation stuff. So. But at first, like my uh, my first camera was just like a really really cheap GoPro. Um, um, I got it to because I used to be into more into music in like high school. So like I bought it to basically film film myself doing um, like playthroughs of like my band's songs and all that. And um, once I moved out to Ohio and kind of lost all my bandmates, um, it just became very stale. So I kind of wanted to find a new um, a new outlet for like artistic, I don't know, just some, something, something new. So basically I got the GoPro and just started um, hiking around just to kind of kill time. And um, there's one, one time where uh, we had some, some snowfall and I was tinkering around with like the time-lapse feature that I was like so in love with at the time. And um, the wind knocked, <laughs> the, the wind knocked over the, the GoPro cause I didn't mount it on anything. I just had it on the ground and it was pointing up at a tree. And uh, throughout the, I don't know, I think I had it out there for like maybe an hour or so, and uh, it captured some uh, woodpeckers. And I just thought that was like the coolest thing. 
So um, downy woodpecker would probably be my spark bird. So the thing that kind of the bird that started it all is uh, definitely um, definitely that little encounter. So that's kind of what started the GoPro, and then now it's evolved into the whole setup. That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, you you wouldn't think with a GoPro you'd be able to capture any kind of birds, but you were creative and I guess a little bit of luck too, and you were able to capture that. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't even aiming for that and just the the way that the wind knocked it over. It was pretty, pretty funny. Yeah. That, that's pretty yeah. surreal. I remember the first time I met up with you, I think it was last year and you, you told me that story. I was just like, that's so neat. You know, just and a downy woodpecker is a good spark bird, I would say, because it's it's like common but still very special. You know, because every time I see one, I'm just you know, get all giddy about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's never um, there's never a time I see one that I won't try for a photo of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's an awesome story. I don't, I don't really don't have anything quite like that. I mean, I saw some. I think my spark bird, not to turn on me, but it was just like a great blue heron or something similar. You know, just because it was so big. And but yeah, I don't know. Everyone has a different spark birds, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. For me, it was just those dumb little, well, they're not really dumb, but, you know, those vultures that just kind of, I lived near a major road, so they were always around my house. Uh, it's kind of the spark bird for me. I mean, they're good, too. I'm sure you probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those <laughs> little turkey vultures, those are kind of, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but to uh, answer your question, I kind of kind of avoided it. I don't know, <laughs> indirectly, but um, uh, before like one of my first jobs was actually working in like um, uh, like I got that like a portrait studio, sort of like a J.C. Penney kind of setup, and um, I just hated it. So even though it was like photography related, it was just I never never really was excited to go to work. Um, mm-hmm. So even though it was using cameras and doing kind of sort of artistic, I mean, it was very cut dry. You had to follow their thing, but um, <clears throat> whenever I would have a chance, have some chance to go out and into the field, it was always, that's, that's what I was really excited about. And not necessarily trying to be antisocial, but like just kind of being alone, avoiding people and just being with one with nature and seeing whatever, comes in front of the lens that's kind of that's just what i'm passionate about so i think that's probably what would answer that question a little better mm-hmm. yeah and mm. it's like your, your passion for it's very evident like you, you i mean of course you're like knowledgeable about all the birds and you kind of share that especially when you post online like you can just clearly you know like you can pick up like the vibe i guess of people and it's like you can tell you're just really into it and sharing it with people and getting them excited about birds as well yeah, I love, I love putting a little bit of effort into the captions. Um, I know some of my uh, buddies on online um, on Instagram mainly, they'll just post like the species and then call it a day with their captions. So not that anything's wrong with that, but um, I love giving something to for people to read if they um, if they have the time. Yeah. Yeah. And going back going back to that, um, you're talking about that portrait job. I can imagine that was probably really formulaic, like probably didn't allow for much creativity at all, I would bet. Are you talking about one of those like jobs where it's just think, the you know, like the locked in tripod at like a at the JCPenney and you just took like a portrait co- for everyone? Cookie cutter, kinda you just, you know, step in front of the camera, take a picture. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, um, it was very, very cliche work. 
like nothing nothing was nothing was unique everything was so yeah it was very cliche so definitely definitely happy to be away from that kind of environment yeah especially because you know like portraiture is one thing but yeah that's just so dry and stale even for like a creative person it's just like you're just doing the same thing over and over and it's not fun I think I actually applied for that similar job or something. I got like a phone interview and they never called me back because they're like looking at my portfolio and it's like, you got a lot of like wildlife and, you know, landscapes and they're like, but do you have any people? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a, probably a blessing in disguise. But yeah, I, mean, I, don't know. I know some people make a career from doing, I mean, either they work for a company like that or, maybe it'll spark a passion for portrait photography outside of outside of like an indoor studio kind of deal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so you kind of moved into bird photography after the portraits. Um, is there like a certain location you look for for birds? Or are you more of kind of a situational bird person or do you like have specific places you tend to go back to um i definitely have my favorites um i a lot of it is weather related for me so like um i generally almost strictly shoot in like cloudy weather or like at least mostly cloudy weather so um but if it's like a like a like a cloudless day then i'll probably um venture out to places that don't have much tree cover so places like marshes or prairies stuff like that but um since i've i've been very devoted to um birding locally um even though like i've, I've done a lot of like traveling throughout the state and um a couple other places in in the country but i, I mainly just kind of stay close to home i almost have almost have like every couple of weeks of the year kind of mapped out to where and what I want to look for according to wow. according to like different kinds of migration patterns or um just what it would be in the area at the time so it's very it's it's almost it's almost to a science but like every every year is different which is what another one of my favorite parts about wildlife photography is um you never know what's going to occur in any season. You have a general idea, but like there's definitely some extreme um, extremes that can happen. Like take, for example, this year, it's, um, it's going to be, this year is probably the most, um, uh, the, uh, the winter, the, the cone crop in the North, like in Canada must've been so bad because all these like winter finches of like, like, um, like maybe like four or five different species are starting to come like, way way far south than they normally do so it's just one of those crazy years that no one really would expect yeah it's almost That's... like you have to play like amateur weatherman a little bit because you because like yeah eruptions mm. of species and stuff it's it's pretty neat but it's like to predict that you know coming in you have to like study the weather patterns in like you said other countries like up north you know in canada or something you know the migratory paths and, that, and, that. and i'm sure all that planning that's probably one of the main elements that makes your photos so great i just that's that's so cool that you do that i just like that's definitely shows dedication and i envy you for being able to do that i i'm not that patient to 
plan out those things. I'm a very situational kind of photographer. I really admire that. You just got to do your homework. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely been a process though. Cause I mean, like I've been, I've been birding my County for at least, I think, um, I think I started in 2015. So this is, this is like my fifth year of doing it. And I mean, it's, it's still a work in progress. It's, it's probably always going to be a work in progress, but, um, yeah, it's it's um it's a fun challenge. You just uh, and it's it's fun to have like a local aspect to it too, because like, um, people can travel off all over the country, but I mean like when you have like the birds that are close to home, it's it's a little bit more special, at least to me, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that local focus really puts like an edge on your work overall, because like a lot of people, you know, they'll go bird internationally, even travel these far flung you know, locations, but you're just kind of over here. And to be fair, it's like dinky little green County, which you, you appreciate it for what it is, but it does have its faults. You know, it's not really the most birdable place in the world, but I mean, you can still find great birds here. You know, there's always something to see. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Um, I mean, even, even in just Ohio alone, it's like definitely a bottom tier in terms of like, um, like species recorded and even people that even bird in the county. So it's um it's definitely not like birding on the lake. I mean like Lake Erie is what I'm mentioning. And um but like yeah it's it's um it's 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 just that like quirky little close to home thing and it's it's fun. But you're you're right, there's definitely there's good birds to be found everywhere. So it's just a lot of it's just um putting in the work. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it's neat because you kind of have this like core group of people you can rely on or at least communicate with back and forth too which is neat you know just for like the county here yeah absolutely um we have that uh there's basically just four main people that do um do bird the area there's obvious obviously some stragglers from other counties that will dabble in but um yeah it's nice because like especially in like spring when migration's in full force, like we almost try to not bird at the same areas. So then we can cover a lot of ground and be like, Hey, I found this bird here or you found that bird there. And it's, it's just, it's, and it's also a testament to how far technology's come. Cause I mean, like it's crazy that you can share that much information and for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And especially eBird too. I know that's been a big part of, you know, what you do and even mine, of course, you know, I found it to be a huge resource and be like really helpful to what we do. Yeah. That's, that's a, an absolutely pivotal tool. I mean, I don't even think I'd be half as, I don't think I'd be anywhere near where I am today without eBird to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm kind of new to birding here. I don't want to sound like a complete noob or anything, but could you actually explain a little bit what eBird is? Yeah, eBird, it's not like social media. It's got elements of it, but basically it's a, it's, 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 it revolves around like citizen science and, but like there's some perks to, for the people that do submit reports. So basically um, it, 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 you can submit a report anywhere in the, world essentially um and it'll track like um how far you like you'll you'll then enter in the enter in the information to where you can um like it'll tell you how 
far you've traveled in a specific area and then it'll have like a list of um like the expected species that are um found in that area at that time of year so and then you can it basically just logs logs everything for mm -hmm. you so it basically creates like almost like a, a, a database for yourself and wow. also um has the database of basically everyone not it doesn't give everyone's personal like numbers and all that away but you can then see data of like specific species and when they were found what time of day it's 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 crazy how much information is on there is, is this a free program yeah definitely free um wow i don't think they have i think they have like classes or other things that you can pay for but i don't think i think there's a lot of free information to get get going with it but um a lot of the like before i even started reporting i was kind of on eber just as like a lurker for about a couple months before i really dove headfirst into it it's awesome and you're you're not only helping yourself you're uh helping others as well so. yep you're exactly right um it, it helps them it, it's run by cornell university so and they do a ton of ornithology related endeavors so mm -hmm. it um it definitely helps um that for them to track um different patterns in bird life it's quite incredible honestly yeah, it's, it's neat how it puts like the social aspect in birding because I, I feel like you can bird in groups, of course, but I feel like a lot of us just like to kind of isolate. And I know you do, Sean, and me too, especially, but it's like we kind of like to just be alone and do our thing, like you're saying, and you know, be one with nature. But yeah, it, it's really neat to kind of go back and look at checklists from, you know, even decades ago, you know, people report, you know, birds at locations that we go to. And yeah, it's a, it's a really helpful resource. You know, I've enjoyed using it for about a year, year or two now, I think. Yeah, and that it really helps too, because I mean, like, it'll help jog your memory of like what you did in the previous year. So, like, like there was times where I was like, I'm, I'm, like in the summertime when it gets kind of slow, like you kind of at least I like love to see like what I um, saw in the past, and then you can like see different patterns of like what birds were being found at these specific areas, and it's it's it honestly just helps plan and you can you can do a whole bunch of um, countless things with it honestly mm -hmm. yeah it's it's become it's become like a part of my workflow honestly if i like set out to go to a place and i know i'm doing wildlife photography i will check ebird for that location um depending on the time of year like you said and just see you know what kind of birds might i might expect and then learn about them because you can click on the individual species and it'll take you to like the merlin app if you're on like mobile and you can just see like bird calls uh, pictures of them just learn more about them it's yeah it's just a really helpful resource yeah and definitely and like even with the photography aspect i mean if you want to have like a really extravagant new subject i mean it'll then kind of point you in the right direction of where to go mm -hmm. yeah awesome yeah I, i'm definitely going to check that out i have trouble in particular identifying birds like i i have a couple bird books but it's just it's just hard. Is there like a forum on there or something where you can like, I don't know, like send a picture and then people will help you or something like that? Um, I, I don't think eBird has something like that, but I know there's <laughs> countless bird um, groups on uh, on Facebook. So, um, I'm sure your even probably your local area has at least one or two of them. Um, I know yeah. I know Ohio has 
arguably the best birding community in terms of like networking and, and yeah, all that. I think I think the Audubon Society is either headquarters is like headquartered where I live. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, so I'm definitely sure I could find someone like that. Yeah, I would assume with that big of a city, I would I would assume that they have a, probably a pretty good good group or a good network of people. Yeah. So, what would you say is your most I don't know, like challenging bird that you've you know you've planned out the shot and what's, like what's the most challenging capture that you've achieved basically. Uh, challenging. I don't know. There's, there's a, almost, almost all of them have posed some sort of challenge, which I, I really do like. It, it, um, it's such a satisfying uh, feeling once you, once you like nail a shot, especially of a species that like you've been after for so many years. So, but like to, to pinpoint like a specific species, or um, I think it's hard to do that. But I'd say like raptors and ducks would probably be the two most difficult ones. Mm -hmm. um, uh, with with birds of prey they're really really um they can cover so much ground so like getting and and obviously they they like to be like way up in the sky so like it's really difficult to get like a like a uh, dynamic background or just getting a really um intimate look at a hawk is difficult just because they like to fly above us rather than at eye level so um that's those are those are really difficult um and then i'd say ducks are are up there too just because of how um they're just so aware of their surroundings so like even if you're in a hide or just very camouflage or whatever even just the shutter of your camera will will, will set them off like it's it's just crazy how um just crazy how timid they can they can be at least some species i mean obviously you can go to like your local city park and there'll be the, the mallards and the the, the like the abandoned pet ducks that will come right up to you just because they're they're more habituated to humans but like the the true wild ducks are are definitely probably the toughest subjects to mm -hmm. shoot yeah i can agree with that <laughs> <laughs> have you had like a any major experience with like raptors or anything like um a few um not too often um i know i know some areas are, are definitely much better than others um but there uh i think my area doesn't really get a whole lot and at least at least from my experiences i don't really have really many hot spots for like photographing them mm. so it's a lot easier for like people like in like more mountainous um like habitats so like they can be at really good elevations so that they can be at the same level as like soaring hogs so um but i don't really have too too much experience with um photographing many birds of prey i mean we do have some good areas for like short-eared owls like they love like prairie habitats but they're just a really difficult species to photograph because at least the ones that um, come to my area they they only like to stay they only come out like right at dusk so like the light is just so low mm -hmm. but um it's uh it's more more lucky like finding like a perched hawk or a perched owl that's it's that's kind of you just have to stumble upon it yeah 
I'm looking at your uh, Instagram here, and you've got a great picture of a barred owl. Uh, excellent work. I think it's your most recent post. Yeah, yeah. That is um that was down in Florida, and that's where um it's that place is like only a 10, 15 minute drive from where my grandmother lives. So whenever I do go down there, and um I always try to go to that one specific park just because it's got so much variety. But those owls um it's a uh, it's almost like cheating. It, it's crazy because um like clockwork they always show up and go figure the parking lot of the of the of that park so and um it's a very very famous uh, reserve so like you've got yeah. like at minimum 15 other photographers looking for the owls too from all over the world i mean there's um there's one really famous photographer on uh, instagram i think his name is uh harry collins or something like that he's very famous for his uh great gray owl photos and peregrine falcon shots and i, I was visiting down there and because he's from pennsylvania too so like um, it was just funny because we were we both met up in Florida, like so many miles away from home. It's it's just crazy how places that are so famous for easy wildlife photos, you can you can meet people from all over the world there. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, even up here in Ohio, we have McGee Marsh. I know it's a you've gone there a few times in previous years. Fortunately, they closed it this year, of course, of the pandemic, but. And I was wanting to go because I, I, you sold me on it. Every time you talk about it, I'm just like, you know, these warbler species that I level, you know, telephone is almost too long for it. So I was just like really excited, but you know, I'm hoping next year at least, but it's kind of like that same idea with just, you know, meeting people and the community aspect of it all. Yeah. It's really, really a fun time up there. Um, it's crazy how like it's, it's such a more incredible birding experience um, from what we're used to. Cause it's just, the, I mean, the divide, the diversity is just crazy on the lake. And, um, it's really fun to put the, uh, the names to people's faces. Cause I mean, like you see them all over the, the Facebook groups and all that and on Ebert and, and it's, it's really, it's really a fun, um, just networking and finally, finally getting to, um, see these people in, in real life rather than just the names on their <laughs> online. Yeah, definitely. I've met, yeah, I've met a lot of cool people just that way, even if I just pass by them once or, you know, it's like an ongoing friendship and yeah, and we're all united under the same, you know, cause, I guess, not to be cliche, but yeah, it's really neat. See, so, so yeah, Sean, uh, I, you kind of mentioned, touched upon this a little bit, but yeah, you're here in Greene County, Ohio, and like what particular really makes you focus on that instead of like versus, you know, going, you know, across the other counties? Because that's kind of where I do is I go to the surrounding counties as well and just you know, bird those, but you seem to focus intently on green in particular. Yeah. Um, when I first started getting into birding, um, I definitely wanted to, to check off as many birds as I could on my list. So at, at the time I was definitely venturing out more and more, um, going, going for, uh, just getting all those lifers knocked out of the way. Um, and then, uh, but I don't know why I don't know what got me so passionate about just staying locally, but it's it's um not I wouldn't say it's just me being lazy because like I don't I don't mind traveling at all to and there's there's so many good parks around us too not not just in green there's I mean like just countless so many great parks that um, you can find so many great birds in but um 
I don't know if it's just my competitiveness, but like there's another part of eBird um, is that they have like that top 100. You can see like the, they they rank. It's it's crazy. Only only an American only an American company would make birding competitive. And I know that's a, a quote from the Big Year, but like it's um it's really fun to uh to to like rank yourself just by like like it, it ranks people by um how many species people have seen. So like. I don't, and it's in like a specific area. So I don't know if it's my competitiveness or just, just, it's just fun to, to stay close to home, get those, just finding new records for the county. And I don't know, I think that, that, that just is um, probably my uh, number one reason is just kind of that close to home factor. Are you kind of towards the top of the list in your county or? Yeah, I actually used to be first overall. Um, wow. But, uh, uh, a couple of um, other species have popped up that I already had that a couple of um, other birds didn't have. So I've been, I think I'm, I'm now third, unfortunately, but it's really, uh, I mean, you get, there's no, there's no bragging. I mean, it's not even a, not even worth bragging rights. It's, it's, it's just a silly thing. It's a silly feature of eBird, but it's fun. Hmm. It's like a, it's very like cool. a work for, I think, you know, I, f- I feel like you kind of like that little intrinsic motivation, that challenge. Hmm. But yeah, it's yeah, just I feel like sometimes I feel like sometimes in photography outside of like contests, especially for like nature photography in general, you know, there's not always I feel like that's a good tangible way to measure success. Well, it's not even measuring success, just a nice thing to work towards. Basically. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's um the cool thing about the birding world is like I mean, a lot of people it's 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 mainly there's just so many lists that you can make and like that's if, that's if you're into doing such a thing because i mean like i know some people keep like lists of birds that you've heard or birds that you photographed or anything really so it's um it's a it's definitely a a very goal oriented um form of uh just being involved in nature definitely and everyone kind of approaches it differently too like i mean i I feel like you kind of hop around locations several times in a day and i like to personally i'll spend hours at a place so i do that anyways you know even if i'm not doing birds or whatever but like i kind of like just kind of settle into the place i really try not to you know hop around different locations in a day yeah yeah definitely i mean especially um whenever i do um those like new year's uh big days um where I'm hitting so many places in, in one day. Yeah, it's um, definitely a lot, but I mean, it, it's fun. And there's definitely been times where I'll just, I'll just hang out at one spot for three, four hours. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, right on. Would you, how many photos, so you get back from a photo shoot, how many photos do you usually end up importing onto your computer? Um, I usually try to get a... I try to use this little ratio. If I go out um, into the field two or three times, I'm hoping to get at least one photo. So it's definitely low success rate. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good because it's like yeah. quality over quantity, and like it shows on exactly. your on your Instagram. Like, yeah, no, you you don't take junk shots, you know, or at least you don't share them. Yeah, I think everyone takes junk. Oh, don't, oh yeah. Yeah, don't, yeah. Yeah. I take plenty, plenty of bad photos. <laughs> yeah. The success rate, like the ratio is very, you know, high and low, I guess. But yeah. 
you, you definitely have a higher standard than I'm not putting down anyone else, but like even me, honestly, you know, I'll put a permissible sh- you know shot that's like it's okay, but you know, your work is just very high quality. I think. Awesome! Well, I, sure. really, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm with him too. It's it's amazing stuff. Uh, specifically the the backgrounds. I I mean, you said you shoot on like a 400 millimeter. Your, your backgrounds are just like amazing. I it's just something so whiz, whimsical about them. Uh, great composition, great colors. It's just clean nice and like, sharp. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of your backgrounds are just very clean. You got like a little bit of foliage, maybe the perches. Sometimes you kind of break the mold a little bit, maybe do something that's a little more, not wider angle, but you know, kind of shows more of the area and habitat, but yeah, overall it's just very clean, I guess, but I guess you could just talk about more about your gear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I definitely, uh, definitely strive for a, a very like isolated subject. Um, it's, it's not easy with a lot of them, like especially like sparrows or birds that like love to, to hang out in, in dense cover um marsh birds for sure are another one that that are like that um but like it's definitely been an in like i wouldn't i don't really know if i have like a, a set influence of someone who who does it like that but i mean there's there's definitely plenty of other bird photographers that i, I watch and kind of try to emulate that kind of um that kind of feel but um go yeah going back to the gear um yeah i do use the um the Canon um, 400 millimeter, it's a, the F56L. So it's um, definitely one of their cheaper end um, telephotos, but it's it's just very bare bones. And but you can get like like some professionally like sharp photos with it. Um, and uh, yeah, with my body, I do use a crop sensor, so that definitely helps um, get a little bit closer to to the subject. So. Um, but it it does suffer in, in, in low light, so there are definitely some birds that I have to shoot in in either winter, late fall, or early spring before like any any um before the trees get too thick, or else my ISOs will be way too <laughs> way too high. Yeah, well, I'm I'm shooting on a the new Canon RF 600 f11, so I'm. Sure, you've got slight advantage there, but yeah. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I am, I am though in the market though. I am planning on um, splurging a bit and getting the uh, the five hundred f four. Um, hopefully, sooner than later. Yeah, definitely <laughs> an investment, but um, I feel like it'll yes, be yes. it'll be worth it. I think <laughs> definitely. How heavy is that? Yeah. Like, do, you, do you need like support? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. One more time. How heavy is that like lens in particular? Do you need like you know like a tripod or monopod for it? Um, I've heard. I think I I saw. I think it it was. I think it's eight pounds compared to the three pounds that I have right now. So, wow. While on on paper it doesn't really sound that heavy, it's definitely I'm definitely gonna feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. So I, I, I think. Good. I know a handful of people that use it, and it's it's very 50-50. A lot of people will use either a monopod or some people just handhold it. So I'm thinking um, I'll just need to build up some muscle for it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, you know, springtime, you got, you're pointing up at the treetops for the warblers or something. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not looking too forward for that, but I mean – yeah. Uh, if because if, like the night the thing that I'm missing the most I think is the image stabilization 
I don't have that on my my own. Oh, really? Wow. On my lens, so I've been able to get away with it. I think I've been able to, over the years, kind of been able to brace myself whenever I am taking a, a photo in, in low light. So, but so I think how, we'll, how low of a shutter speed would you say you can go with that? Um, I try not to go lower than one three twentieth of a second. Okay. Oh wow. That, okay. That's that's not horrible though. I mean that's. I was gonna say five hundred. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good if you can get. I mean, it looks pinch sharp to me, but I mean, you do have a prime lens, so it would be a little sharper. Like even even with my image stabilization, and my my lens is fairly light. I just I don't go past a hundred with image stabilization. So, you must have pretty steady hands if you can. Uh, yeah, I try. I try to. It's definitely. Um, I mean, there's definitely, and I definitely um, kill that um, fast shutter. I mean, I'm definitely peppering all of my sub subject with like fat yeah, at least forty, fifty shots out of single uh, burst. So I mean, like, and sometimes I don't even get a single shot out of that. So tell us, like, a typical day for you, Sean. Like going out birding. Like, how does it start to finish? Kind of. Yeah. How do you operate? I guess. Um, I basically just, um, uh, if I'm, uh, if I'm not at work, definitely work a lot. So I try to go out at least once a week. Um, sometimes not even that, don't even get that one day. So, um, definitely taking an eye on the, keeping an eye on the weather, seeing, um, basically the weather almost dictates where I'm going to go. And it's obviously the time of year is going to dictate that as well. So, um, generally, um, just head out. Um, I don't really pack too much. It's just camera and binoculars and then obviously my phone and keys whenever I'm out in the field. So it's very, very light. I don't really, I don't use another lens at all. It's very, very, um, very bare. Cause I mean, I'm only looking for birds, so I'm not, mm -hmm. I don't really need to carry all that much stuff. So, um, you should just head out and then sometimes I'll have like a target bird in mind and then more, but more often than not, I'm just, I'm just hoping for anything will pop in front of the lens. Cause, um, I don't really have a set. I mean, there's some people that focus on like, um, raptors and other kinds of birds. I mean, I'm, I'm just all over the place. So, but just go out in the field and then try to find anything. And usually just walking a trail, um, it's very, very simple, very, very simplistic. And then, I don't know, not, not really too much to add there. It's very, um, very, I, I try to just use it as like relaxation too. So, yeah, it definitely is real, especially, yeah, bird photography. You can just kind of turn off your brain for a while, um, just kind of roam around. And it's like a, it's like a calm focus. Is what I would say. Like, yeah. especially if you're out and it's like, you don't hear highway traffic in some places, I guess. And it's like, you just hear bird song and you're just tuned into that. It's like, yeah, there's no other experience I can really describe it as or compare it to. Yeah. Calm focus. That's a really, really good way of putting it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. That's why we do it, I guess. You know, it's, it's honestly just, mm -hmm. I feel like that's a big reason. Yeah. And, and just the chase of it, obviously, I would hope at least we're not, you know, just chasing birds like we're not scaring them and stuff. But just the, <laughs> there's something adventurous about it. Like it, it's like hunting, but without having to hurt animals. It's just, you know, it's very camera exhilar exhilarating. I could say. 
Yeah. There's, I, I know for me, it's like, there's nothing more exciting than finding a new bird. And not only that, but getting a photograph of it, you know, there's like, I go home and I'm just like, it's so giddy about, you know, I want to go and edit the images and stuff. And it's like, I know with Sean, you and I, mainly you, I mean, you give me tips about places to go different times of year. And it's like, I've had a lot of success because of that too, which I really appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's one thing. Um, I don't know if I'll ever become like a tour guide or whatever, but like, yeah, just, just sharing, sharing that is always, is always great. Cause I mean, I just know that like whenever you do get those, those moments, I mean, they're just so unforgettable. I mean, I mean, and you had that Henslow's sparrow this, this, uh, late, late spring. And that was just like one of the most surreal moments, like in all of my birding. <laughs> yeah. Did, bar none, one of my best you know, bird photo sessions. It's just insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll describe for Henry and everyone else, but it was like, even me or a local, a really, you know, well-known prairie. And it's like, what were we doing? We're just kind of feeling it out, I guess. We're hearing it. So we're doing some like call and responses uh, with some bird calls on our phones. And we were kind of opposite ends, you know, about maybe 20 feet away from each other. And then you're like, oh, he's just right there. And he like, kind of came up from the, uh, the sedge grasses or whatnot. And he just kind of got closer to us, more curious. And he was literally like, what, a few feet away? probably yeah it was it was just incredible yeah. I mean, just such and a special bird too i mean not just like a really common species i mean that that's a that's one of the toughest birds to photograph and at least the, in the sparrow family that we do get here in ohio mm-hmm. yeah and he, he's cool. first there for like probably five minutes too or something it was enough time to like take you know take our time and just you know, get closer and even it was it was yeah that that moment in particular is really surreal so yeah, tell us more about maybe, um, cause you talk about tour guiding kind of like a little bit of, uh, I guess, education, but yeah, I guess to the, the newcomer of birding or even bird photography, like what would you recommend? Okay, like, what, was get, what was that last part? Like how do you get started, I guess, in bird photography or birding? Like what would you recommend? Um, I think I would recommend at least getting one field guide and then obviously almost everyone has a, a phone or a tablet to where people can download like the Merlin app or the Audubon app to where you can then like see photos of, of birds and then you can hear them as well. Cause I feel like a lot of people, um, uh, would have more success if they, um, they learn their bird calls as well as obviously learning what birds do visually look like. So I think um, I think the biggest thing is just to spend a lot of time in the field, learn learn your common birds. Because I mean, like you can learn a whole bunch of extravagant, very birds, um, extravagant, beautiful looking birds that you're probably not going to see at like your local patch. And but if you don't know what the common blue jays or the morning doves, cardinals, like just the birds like that, I feel like. Um, uh, that's very important too, because once you once you learn your common birds, then if there's something else that sounds off, then that'll really catch your ear. Like you'll say, "Oh, let's let's go hike over here and see if we can get a little closer look at whatever's making that noise." So, because like I I think I mentioned it in one of my videos. It's like um, if you hear like a a goldfinch singing in one direction, but you have a uh, a Kirtland's warbler, something that's super super rare singing in the other direction but you you don't know what is what and you just you go into the direction of the common bird and while there's nothing wrong with photographing a goldfinch but i mean like obviously you're going to want to see that really really rare rare species 
Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you're right. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's like, it's, you get, you start small, I think. And yeah, you, you get kind of familiar with your, like your backyard birds or something, for example, you know, your doves, your cardinals or whatever you have in your you know, location area. And you just, now it's like, for me, it's like, I go to a place and I hear those common birds easily. You can pick up on the different calls and variations if they have any. And there, yeah, you just kind of build upon it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, it's a year long, many years really process, you know, just slowly breaking your mm-hmm. skills. And you can also start to learn their behavior. Like, do they prefer, you know, to be up in trees or to be on the ground or what kind of food do they tend to go after? You can just learn a lot about just kind of Habit- observing. Habitats especially too. Yes. Yeah, you guys are exactly right. Habitat's a big part of it, I think. Yeah, it's like, I I think I've mentioned in one of my videos too, is like you wouldn't see a duck, you know, in the forest necessarily. I mean, I guess it could happen. Wood duck, maybe. (laughs) You know, it's like... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just about knowing things, I guess, knowledge and doing your your homework, your research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially it's it's a lot of it's just knowing your subject is almost at least at least half the uh, half the part of it because I mean, um, you really got to know what um, what these what these birds are going to be because I mean they're just not going to appear right in front of you. You got to definitely put in the, put in the work for for them for sure. Yes, definitely. There's a few serendipitous moments, but yeah, overall, you really have to work for, you know, photographing wildlife and because they're not, you know, they're not on your schedule. Like as much as we'd like to have them just magically perch, you know, this golden hour light on a tree next to us, it's not going to really happen that likely. So you have to really know what you're doing and that way you get better photos as a result. Mm -hmm. You always do. Every once in a while, you do get rewarded with some lucky shots. Um, that was actually a question I was going to ask you, uh, Sean, has there ever been like just kind of the unplanned, like perfect moment shot with a bird, just perfect lighting. Have you experienced any of those recently or anything? Uh, recently, uh, yeah, um, actually a couple of, uh, about a week ago, um, I was just, uh, just out at just a small little park and then, um, mainly focusing on just on like some songbirds and, um, just other smaller birds but then like uh i uh, i was i was on like a like on like a boardwalk so like i was a little bit elevated which was nice and then um i noticed the entire there was about like 75 birds that just kind of like up and left so i was like okay i know something and they were they were pretty calm with me so i knew um i knew something else had to have been like the the reason why they all they all flushed and then as I, as I look up and this is kind of funny cause you're asking if I've had luck with raptors and, um, I had, there was my, uh, first ever time photographing a, um, an adult Cooper's hawk. So, um, it, it flew in. It didn't even, I mean, I, I wasn't even, I don't even think I was in full camo at that time. So I was just really surprised and I was on a boardwalk. So it's not like I was, um, covered at all. I was very just out in the open and this, this, uh, Cooper's hawk just flies right on this perfect perch. It had, so the perch had so much character too. So it's not just like a regular bird on a stick photo. Mm-hmm. And, um, just, uh, that was just absurd because like the, the, the hawk was clearly just either starving or something. Cause he was just, he was, his head was going around. He was really, really into, into the hunt. So I think that was, that's my, one of my most recent ones, but there's been times where like you're, uh, you can be just on a bird for like a good, good little while where it's kind of like hiding in a bush or, 
just uh, not very cooperative. And then just out of nowhere, it'll just start walking or flying right towards you. So um, that's always fun. And then I think shorebirds, like sandpipers and, and plovers and other other birds of the such, um, and they're, they're, they're probably my favorite um, group of birds to photograph. And uh, it's always it's always fun when you're just um, like laying on a beach or at the edge of a pond, and um, and they're also focused on on like getting food or whatever, and uh, they just like walk right up to you as if you're not even there. So uh-huh. that kind of stuff is that's that's always my favorite kind of thing where you kind of where they just kind of ignore that you're there, they're doing their own thing, and you just capture their um their natural behavior. Yep, I agree. Yeah, that's that's neat. <laughs> and crickets. I always some, I always have something to say and then I forget it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh crickets. See. But we could we could probably end it. Uh, we I could mean, talk about oh. before we yeah. end it, we could talk about like um kind of like inspirational photographers like people you look up to uh, yeah, influences yeah go go ahead and like reinstate that henry all right so sean are there any kind of inspirational wildlife photographers you look up to oh uh, definitely um i try to do my own thing as far as as much as i can um but there's definitely the the, the big names um i think like scott keys he's probably my favorite um, bird photographer and then um, I don't really do much, like, I don't really do much of his style, but I, I love his work, um, Ray Hennessy as well. And then there's, like, some smaller um, smaller names that I really um, enjoy their work. Um, there's this uh, one woman in uh, Wisconsin. Um, her, her name is uh, Brandy Grawl, I think is how her, her last name is pronounced. And um, her, her work is just fantastic. It's always... Um, it's a, the, her, her, she's just an artist with like light and like just her, the light and all of her photos are just incredible. Um, so I don't really, um, I try to take a little bit of everything from what I see and put it into my work. Um, but, um, I wouldn't say I, I try to really emulate someone's work completely, but, um, uh, there's definitely, definitely a whole, whole handful of people that I, I definitely look up to for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. It's like you have influences, but you just kind of like to do your own thing and it, it works for you. That's what that's what matters most. But yeah, it's nice to exactly. kind of look up to people and you know, get inspired that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of people um, try to really get artistic with like um, different shots and all that. And while I love doing that, too, um, I think like just because as a kid, like I was always enamored with like field guides and stuff like that. So like I was always um, like almost a lot of my favorite shots are are just the not really boring but like just like the very perp like the the stuff that you like see in like a field guide like the very very documentative things that like show certain field marks on certain species and just stuff like that. Those are like almost always my favorite shots that I take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, you do you do pretty well like just doing solid bird portraits, I think. Yeah, you you, you kind of do some artful stuff I see on your Instagram, but yeah, you definitely stick to just like a nice solid you know bird portrait which is i think very important some people just kind of get too wacky with effects and all that sort you can have a it allows for a very uniform portfolio i guess yeah definitely 
So Sean, do you have like, I guess I have rapid fire questions here, but do you have any like dream locations, chase birds or any, any of that sort that you'd like to share? Um, it's not really too, um, I don't know what the right word is. It's not too, uh, too crazy. I, I, I have not been out West to go birding. I mean, like I've been there as a kid cause I mean, I've, I've tagged along on a couple of my dad's business trips, but I've never been able to go out and get any of those Western birds. So, um, it's just crazy because like there's like an entire other half of my field guide that I've never been able to see before. So um, hopefully uh, sooner than later that um, my fiance and I can can head out to uh, like maybe Arizona, or California, some places where there's just so many birds that aren't going to be found here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There's, yeah, there's definitely some cool birds down there. We're not down there, but to, to, <laughs> to the side, yeah, yeah, yeah to the side, yeah. <laughs> so, so, any chase birds or anything? Anything you're really hunting down? Um, I don't know, because like woodpeckers are like the the family that kind of started it all for me. I'd love to get all those like um the western woodpecker species, like acorn woodpecker, um, uh, some of the the really hard to find uh, sapsuckers. Um, but I think uh, I know they've been so photographed, especially lately. Um, I am just dying to find a great gray owl. So yeah. I think I might have to go to like uh, Minnesota or something. I don't know. One winter. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool. Or a snowy owl. <laughs> Give us a snowy owl photo. Oh yeah, yeah there was there was um, 2017. 2017 was a, a a ridiculous eruption year for them, and I think. Um, that's right. Almost yeah. uh, almost half of all of Ohio's 88 counties got to see at least one of them. Yeah, that's that's insane. Well, I'm waiting for the day at least. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Sean, uh, where can people go to learn more about your work? Um, I'm pretty uh, bare bones. I don't have a website. I think maybe I'll get one eventually. But um, I uh, – I do mainly all my uh, stuff just on Instagram. I don't have any other. I don't have Twitter or Facebook or anything like that. At least for my uh, for my uh, photography stuff. Yeah, it's just all on Instagram. That uh, Sean Hollow uh, Hollow. It's uh, not my full last name, but um, yeah, Instagram's fun. I uh, I help uh, moderate a couple of uh, two hubs, so definitely is a lot of work, but it's um, it's a it's a fun time. Cool. You have a YouTube as well, right? I do, yeah. T- totally forgot about my YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> Had to mention. Yeah, I, 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 I try and I, I think I average maybe one video every like four months. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have uh, too much time to do my YouTube channel. Although I would definitely like to do more. All right, awesome, man. Thanks for Thank nice coming on, Sean. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a blast. Yeah, I'm glad to uh, finally have uh, been on because yeah, I've definitely been a just been a fan for the past, uh, I think, what, 14 episodes? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and make sure you guys check out his work. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Right, thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for watching the Owl Outdoors Photography Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the video version on YouTube as well. You can subscribe down below, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you.